Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the chuckle fuckers, fan fondlers, and podcast groupies. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. This week, we've got quite the show. We've got on Lindsay. Lindsay is a past one-night stand of mine, we'll say. Uh, but she's not only a former flame, she's also a former fan of this show. Yeah, we're going to get into the former part during the thing. But Lindsay is, I, I think I've mentioned this a few times before, Lindsay um, stopped listening to the podcast shortly after we hooked up. And it makes me think, like, is this a bad idea? Is it just is it just a bad business strategy? Or is there like an ethical, moral component that would suggest one should not sleep with their fans? So this uh, this week's episode certainly raises the question. Uh, and before we get into that question, I got some emails I want to read for you. This one is an email subject line, grilled cheese, chocolate chip cookie dough, and cuddles. This one comes from Destiny. Destiny, I met at the Brooklyn Sex Expo uh, just about a month ago. She writes, hey, Billy, Leah Vernon and Laura Delorado's episodes are such great body positivity episodes. I know there are others, but I'm kind of forgetting at the moment. Uh, I went to the nutritionist today who said my goal should be losing 60 pounds. Fuck that. I really wasn't feeling sexy anymore, feeling a lot of bad thoughts about myself. But I was listening to those episodes on my ride home, and I honestly started feeling so much better. You've definitely got yourself a committed listener here. I've enjoyed every episode, even when some of the guests make me cringe, like that pickup artist guy, whose name is Byron Sadiq, everybody. Uh, uh, I've listened to about 30 since the Sex Expo. Even before talking with you, listening felt like a longtime friend was speaking to me. I've always been hypersexualized to the point I've embraced it. I love being raunchy and having a dirty sense of humor. I'm always the slut of my group, and I mean slut in all the fabulous ways. I love watching, listening, reading sex-positive material. I'm young with a crazy high sex drive, and I want new sexual experiences. P.S. I'd love to make a man whore cake one day. I've done erotic cakes like boobies, butts, and dicks. Best, Destiny. And Destiny, thank you for all those kind words. Oh my gosh. Um, by the way, on that cake thing, I, I think you need to come to Man Whore Con. I'll give you a discount if you, if you bring us a fun man whore cake. Um, this next one, definitely a lot more out there. Semi-misleading subject line of question about deep throat. Emma writes, hi, Billy, baby fan whore here. I've been binging episodes for the past month. Here's my question for you and anyone else who wants to weigh in. I can deep throat really well. Like, how the fuck did that get all the way down there? Well, complete definition of balls deep. Sadly, I cannot turn off my gag reflex. Sometimes I'll be mid face fuck and heave and puke will come out. It's happened about three to four times with my current boyfriend, which makes me wonder how many times has this happened like in your life. Sometimes I feel it about to happen and I can swallow it back down. Sometimes it legit just comes out and there's no stopping it. 
he doesn't seem really concerned about it. Actually, he thinks it's kind of hot that he's doing this to me. He also is really laid back about bodily functions in general. Like, he'll eat me out even on my period or bareback me anal. Is this a normal, known thing for people who deep throat? Is it one of those gross little secrets no one talks about? Would people with dicks rather a normal blowjob with no deep throat or take the throating with the risk of surprise puke? And do any fellow sluts have tips? I've been keeping a towel nearby and just wiping up and continuing. (laughs) I try not to eat too close to fuckery, so if I gag, it's just spit and not like Wendy's coming up. Thoughts and prayers for puked on cocks everywhere. Emma. She included a cute little pic in her little black dress and cute black heels. Looking good, girl. Oh, my thoughts and prayers. Thoughts, T-H-O-T-S, and prayers. Wow. Uh, this, I think this is my first, in five and a half years, this is my first question that involves vomit. Look, most sex and dating questions boil down to, is this normal? The other version that most questions boil down to is like, how do I tell my partner? And the answer is always, just tell your fucking partner. But is this normal? That's usually what questions are coming down to. You literally asked in in your email. And I think normalcy is overrated. And I think it's irrelevant, like much of the time. Like, because who cares if if something is normal? I'll tell you this. The first time someone wanted to wear a baby diaper and a cock cage before sex, that was not considered normal. But you know what? That's what was normal and erotic for that person. And that's what matters. Like, stop thinking when it comes to sexuality and sex, stop thinking about what's normal. Start thinking about what's healthy and right for you. Just because something's normal doesn't mean it's healthy. Remember hearing about all those chicks dipping their tampons in vodka? That wasn't healthy, but started to become normal. Like, you asked, do dick havers prefer normal, quote unquote, blowjobs over puke dick deep throat? I mean, well, some do, and some don't. Like, if, Emma, if you ever blow me, please do not puke on my dick. I think deep throating is overrated. Um, I'm all about that suction. Because, look, it hasn't happened to me, but I also direct people who are trying to make themselves gag to not. As abnormal as this email is for me, this all seems par for the course for a deep throater with a gag reflex. Like, if you told me, like, what happens when someone who deep throats and has a gag reflex gives a deep throating blowjob? I'd be like, oh, they're probably going to vomit a bit. Case solved. Mystery closed. But I also don't know, like, gosh, the questions you dick suckers have or must be thinking in your head while you have that cock in your mouth. What a life you, you must lead. I never have to think about this question. I have never had to wonder, like, if going down on someone was going to result in me vomiting or them vomiting. Instead of wondering, is this normal? Wonder instead, you know, are you having fun? And is he having fun? Because this seems like an email where there's like no, there's no problem. There's nothing wrong here because you're into it. And he's down with it. You take pride in it. Like, keep your tonsil towel ready and keep having fun. Because that's what you should be wondering. Is it fun? Is he having fun? And is this healthy? 
which I think um, is the only thing you should maybe ask an actual doctor friend about. Make sure it's you're not causing harm to yourself. But if you're all good, then keep doing it. I don't know. I I want I kind of want to throw this one out to everybody else. Do you have feedback or answers to her questions about dick puking and deep throat? Um, shoot me an email. Okay, uh, you can write me at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Um, you can share your stories of puking on dicks. You can give her some tips so she pukes less or she can manage the puke better. Uh, dick havers, you can chime in. Uh, this is a topic I did not know I was going to have to tackle when I started this show. Uh, one more time, that's manwhorepod at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, before we get to Lindsay, everybody, time for the fan whore appreciation moment. Okay. This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Patreon, of course, is the, the best way to support this podcast uh, and get access to exclusive bonus episodes, secret sex positive discussion groups, and oh so much more, including my nudes. Uh, so I want to give a shout out right now to Dana. Who, uh, who apparently had a dream about making out with me. So that's great. Uh, thank you to Kos, Coace. You're an enigma. I can't find anything about you. When I Google Coace, it just comes up with some British economist. Don't know if that's you from beyond the grave, uh, but thank you for your support. Thank you for your membership. Uh, shout out to Rory Barrington, who uh, looks like he's got some of that good weed. If you knew Rory, you'd be like, yeah. If you don't know Rory, then it probably doesn't make sense. But thanks, Rory. Thanks for being a pal. And a shout out to Olivia. It was so nice meeting you and your husband uh, at the show in Mishawaka last week. Uh, thanks for coming out and thanks for being a member. And you too can become a member for as little as $2 per month. Join today uh, at patreon.com slash podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T. R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast. Uh, our, our guest this week, Lindsay, she was once a patron until she realized like, ooh, I don't even listen to this show after I fucked that guy. Um, but this is an interesting one. I think I might come off as a bit of a douchebag in this episode. I can't really tell. Re-listening to it, it seemed fine. But like in the moment, I felt like, wow, I'm a dick. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I thought this was a really uh, great conversation and a really nice way to reconnect with a one night stand essentially allowing her to warn others don't do it but like also i'm still open to some of y'all doing it okay um we we should head on over to Lindsay, and now let's get to the show like a very intense conversation i don't know how intense it was gonna be but like there could potentially be truths in there i don't want to thought it was gonna be harsh or something or I don't know. I think it could potentially, because like one of the thoughts is, uh, I mean, and I've addressed this on the show recently, which you would have heard, I know, <laughs> but <laughs> but the idea of, uh, of I think I actually talked about it after you messaged, we messaged on Facebook a few months back. It was like, oh, if I s- f- hook up with listeners and then things just naturally either don't go well at some point or they drift off. Does that person now no longer want to listen? Or if I hook up with listeners, have I cracked any sort of illusion that they had that then makes them just disinterested in the whole show? 
And I don't know, because like doing a sex podcast like this does invite people who hit on me who maybe previously wouldn't have. And I'm like, well, you're cute. You think I'm cute. I want to do things. I don't see a problem with that. But uh, if all of them are going to stop listening afterwards, it would be a bad business strategy. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's So the fear is that it creates some kind of a persona that is then like broken once someone actually well, like, meets you. and then Well, like a persona is kind of already built on the show. Yeah. Uh, I like to think I am who I am in person as I am on the show, but um, I do think people think I fuck more indiscriminately than I do. Like, oh, here's the whore boy. Well, surely he'll like let me sit on his face too. And maybe you had like a period of li- of your life when you were like that, but then, like most people, you got a little bit bored with it and moved on and got um, a little bit more selective. I don't know. I think I've always been a little bit more selective. I think the the most I've had to evolve on is just taking ownership of when I want to have sex with someone and when I don't, because I've definitely like had sex with people I didn't want to have sex with. Or like in the case of you, like I just didn't want to have sex that night, right? Really? Do you not remember? That? No. I mean, like I wanted to have sex that night, but I decided I wasn't going to fuck. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. were kind of like, I'm not going to keep time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely, and I've gone on dates like that too, or I guess I've had to realize that. I maybe there has been a shift in what I enjoy or how like selective I am where I think I have gone on Tinder dates where I've been like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to see this person again, but like, I guess I'll have sex with them, which is something that I'm trying not to do anymore because, because it's now I sort of have the perspective if, if I don't want to see them again, if I'm not sure, then I, to just you know you just be like yeah yeah or there's the one where if you're on a date and you know you're not into it and there's no salvaging this you just like i like to set look at my phone and look at what time it is in my head i add like a half hour um but i'll just be like okay in my head i'm giving this a half hour in my head it's no longer a date i am just talking to someone new for the night and gonna get to know a new person for a half hour and then i say yeah you know i'm gonna head out or I'm, sometimes I've just been like, I'm not really feeling this, but like, you seem really nice, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get going. You ever like end a date in the mid, like, yeah, I don't want to so, say in the middle, but like, have you ended a date abruptly ish? So I haven't really done that. I probably, it's something that I probably should do more. Um, I mean, just to go back with you, it wasn't like that. I think it was more of like, I had a good time, but I was also like in a, you know, I was in a relationship that I just opened up at that point mm. and, it, I didn't really feel like enough of a connection that I wanted it to like become a thing afterwards. But sometimes something that I've noticed about myself in the past year is like when I'm not in a good place emotionally, mm-hmm. um, I have a hard time. Like if I've gone on one date with someone or maybe two, like communicating why I don't want to go on another mm-hmm. date. And it's at, I know that I think for most people, it sounds like they would rather just all they need to hear is like, oh, I just didn't feel that much of a connection. But for some reason, that's like hard for me. And to be fair, I, I don't like ghost people who I've gone on like many dates. Sure. With. But I didn't feel like that, it was a ghost thing. I felt yeah. like it, it seemed like you were like something was going on with you and the boyfriend at the time. And there was a I mean, 
you didn't say, hey, I'm just not going to sleep with you again. It was like a long time until that because I would every once in a while check in. Hey, you doing okay? This going all right? How things with the boo? Um, and when things with him seemed a little bit better, that's when I probably made it more of an advance. And then you were like, yeah, no, no, thank you. So I feel like there were like months and months and months between um, the night we had sex and like me, you telling me, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's true. So I guess there was some, which happens a lot. Which isn't a bad thing. Which I happens just, a lot with me. There's like some degree of amb- ambivalence where I'm not totally sure. And now I'm realized like, ah, if I'm not sure, I should probably just err on the side of, you know, let's not do this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I went from, I don't know if you've ever experienced this or other people you've spoken to have, but I realized that I went from, you know, the assumption of being monogamous to when you switch the paradigm to poly, I almost feel like I'm putting, there was a period where I felt like I I was putting pressure on myself that like, this means I have to always be sleeping with multiple people, Mm. which is not what it means. Like, I mean, if that's what you want and if that's what you desire, but for some people, like I think it is for me, it's more of sometimes I'm only going to be sleeping with one person maybe for a really long period of time but we just have an understanding that if in the future one of us wants to do something else that that's at least that that's on the on the table it's so. an option and not a mandate right yeah. yeah so you go from like i was realized that i was going from this one mandate of like you must only ever sleep with one person for the rest of your life to like you, you must, must sleep with everybody. <laughs> yeah, you must sleep with everyone who mm. you find like somewhat attractive, which is well, not oh my God, true. You find me somewhat attractive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I find you somewhat attractive as well. <laughs> Thank you. It's a good time to say we're talking to Lindsay, who finds me, uh, you know, moderately. I guess attractive. that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, that was a signature. <laughs> I have been told that, like, <laughs> I was told by someone that I dated this past year that I, I tend to give like. Backhanded, backhanded compliments. compliments that are like twisting the knife in, which I don't intend to do, but I guess that is part of my personality. So to me, they only twist in if like the the backhanded part feels very real. <laughs> like if the backhanded part be like if if I'm like oh my god, I think she actually thinks I'm just moderately attractive, then that's a little bit more. If twisty. I was like attacking, yeah, you then, personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I want to go back a little bit of just so why did you and the ex boy because well, you know he's the ex boyfriend now yeah why did you and the ex decide to open the relationship um so I was something that I've been thinking about for quite some time I guess we I mean we were together for five years and so it was probably about like three years in that the thought entered my mind as something that I might want to do and four years in before I actually proposed it. Um, and you know, it, how'd y'all meet four years? Wow. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. To be yeah. No, we met. You said, how do we meet? Or? Yeah. How'd you meet? We actually met on OkCupid. It was when we had both first moved to New York okay. and, um, I was, I think I was in my head, like ready for a serious relationship. And then I found it. And you um, get on the OkCupes. You're like, um, ditching Tinder. I'm getting serious. No, I had never been on Tinder. I was on Tinder for the first time this year. And okay. so, yeah, I, I've heard that OkCupid has since gone downhill. I feel like that was like the heyday before everyone was on Tinder. And now mm. what I've heard from some of my friends is like that, uh, I don't know, it's they have a harder time finding people that they're into on, on OkCupid. But I do appreciate that OkCupid, it's like you actually get a sense of someone's personality, which is sometimes really hard to find on Tinder. Mm. Um, How were things with, with him before you proposed it? 
Um, so things had been like good for a while. I mean, I we loved each other for sure. We didn't have there wasn't too much like conflict in the relationship. You know, we would we still went on dates and traveled and had like adventures together, but I think things had been a little bit flat for a while. Um and and um I had just I had noticed that I was oftentimes not as interested in in sex with him anymore, which I was obviously distressing to me. And I know that that's like not a good reason to open the relationship. Yeah. And it wasn't I mean, it definitely wasn't the only reason, but it it started to get I think. I maybe I probably should have addressed this before it was four years in because mm-hmm. it was one of those things where we we're sort we're sort of so intimate and definitely loved each other but that coupled with living together and doing everything together I realized that he started to feel almost more the familiarity of a family member to me oh. than like a boyfriend which is the, what kind I guess of family member what he was given the well no <laughs> and this is a, this is a funny thing like he looks nothing like anyone in my family but it, I noticed, I specifically noticed one time over the holidays when I was with my family over Christmas mm. that I call accidentally called my brother by my ex's name, and I was like, "Oh, this is bad. That's bad. I'm not like sexualizing my brother, but I'm like you're brotherizing him, <laughs> my boyfriend." <laughs> yeah. So I think I guess the lesson that I have learned from that. So I think there were the issues in the relationship. There were some with the ways that we communicated and, and the ways in which I think I'm a very easygoing person, and there's a lot of things that I am kind of indifferent can just go with the flow and my ex was more sort of strong-willed and opinionated and so because of that with small things I would sort of go with whatever he wanted to do which was maybe fine for those specific things but then when when that expands to like a way of interacting in the relationship you sort of forget what you actually want and you just become someone who's always agreeing with him and always doing what he wants to do and I don't I blame myself for that. Like I created that dynamic. Um, But I think it was like a feeling that I was losing a little bit of myself. And then that the sexual aspect, I think I had let it go too far where it was hard to revive it to what it had been at the beginning. And maybe some ways in which we were never like 100% compatible. I mean, what was in the beginning that was so different from then? Other than frequency, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's tough to say. I mean, I don't know. Like, what was the first, like, couple of times you had sex like? I mean, it was really good. I think a struggle that, that we had is that both of us, like, have a hard time or, like, it takes us a while to, to come. Okay. And now I've sort of figured out when I'm – and I don't know why I, – if I didn't figure this out earlier in the relationship that, like, I will just – like help myself along while I'm having sex with someone and and that's how I usually come and that's fine because like that's what yeah. I need to do and I still it's still I still feel like the connection with the person when I'm doing that but I think because I was not doing that early on and I was not as in touch with what I wanted it got to this association of like you know I'm not coming it's like taking him forever to come like are we enjoying this anymore or like is it a chore i think still having some element of trying to 
like impress or seduce each other is always a good thing because mm. um it's i think it's important to try to hold on to a little bit of that even when obviously you you're living together and you it's like you know you're gonna get together. laid but you want to like you still want to go through the seduction yeah, process. you want to like put some some effort in like for example i'm someone who like i enjoy wearing lingerie from time to time and that's i feel like part of that is because like when i feel like i'm putting in the effort in i'm like more into it you know whether the other person is or not so was when you proposed an open relationship was that like the should you have instead proposed breaking up or was it a really like a good idea to at least try to yeah that's a, a tough question i mean i it's one of those things where there's a lot of issues that I should have addressed earlier in the relationship than I did. And that's why it was really painful for me and why I was like part of why I was depressed for some time after the breakup, because Mm. I, you know, felt that I had like hurt this person that I love so much. But I think in a weird way, even though I knew that there was a risk that it would lead to a breakup, I had to try and see if it could help the relationship or confer- it was information. So it was either confirming something that I feared or telling me like that this could work, but I needed to try that before just like giving up on it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like someone who listens to this show who then decides to sleep with me. It's like, is he any good? Ah, oh, no, it's like, it's fine, but not what the podcast would make it seem. <laughs> it was, it was, and it's like, oh, well, I well, just did that for him for me. I fucked him for information. No, no it, was, it, was, it was not like that with you. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, so I, I don't know what to say. It's like, I think I had to stew over all this for a long time because if I had, it was a really hard period, but if I had broken up with him too hastily and not sort of explored everything, then I would have been questioning, did I actually make the right decision? Mm -hmm. And it's like, once you go through all of that, now I'm just like, I'm never going to, even though it was a great relationship for the most part, I'm just like, I'm never going to move in with someone again until I'm pretty sure that like, I probably want to get married. You know. Okay. And what, what what were some of the things you wish you had addressed earlier? Um, I mean, I think I, I wish I should have been like just kind of more vocal in the relationship and um you know, doing more things based on how I wanted to do them or like being willing to disagree and argue if if I didn't want to do something his way and um and yeah, just been more upfront about what I was interested in sexually. Cause I think now it's like I would go into a relationship letting someone know that I probably am going to want something that's a little bit open. So it's not a surprise and they can, mm. we can discuss that later or not depending on, on how they feel about it. Okay. So you, you two open the relationship up and, you know, I forget how we got to deciding to get together. Uh, I scrolled back through all the texts and stuff, but apparently I remember there was the first email, like you said, very, very good picture. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then after that, like there was some chatting and at some point in time, there was like a, Hey, let's get together. Cause you live like not terribly far from like my neck of the woods. Yeah. 
I think, yeah, and I was actually surprised that you wanted to get together because I guess I just figured, well, you had so many people sending you pictures or whatever, but you were like, actually, most Look, of there's them- never enough boobs in my inbox, people, okay? Just, I want to <laughs> let y'all know. There's, there's always there's always room until Gmail tells me I'm full up. <laughs> but you were like, yeah, most of them actually don't like live in New York City and are also poly or whatever. So. And also attractive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I should edit that part out. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I mean, I don't know why you'd be surprised. I'd want to see like, you're, you know, the, you're like very nerd babe chic. I don't know, like how the. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like the the hot girl at the library that like always keeps to herself. But you're like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. Why are you not? Why are you not talking to her? I'm laughing. Yeah, you saying that because someone that I that I went on a date with like not too long ago saw you in the library. Oh wow! No, he was like, he said something that I wasn't sure. I was like, a part of me was rolling my eyes at, but then I was like, no, that's kind of accurate. He was like, you're like a mix of Daria and like a '50s pinup. <laughs> I was like, oh. it's like it's like a little bit of like the Daria. It's like sure. it's like a little bit of like like fuck me and a little bit of like fuck you. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, well, so we got together and like you were in a, an open relationship, so it wasn't. It, it was definitely more of like a. It felt like a hookup date mm-hmm. to me. It was like like an interview for your pussy. It was just like okay, if I if I do well on this conversation over drinks, oh my gosh, the face. Yeah, never ever tell anyone that like that going on a date with them, even if it's for a hookup, is like an interview. A hookup, a hook. I feel like a hookup date for whatever person you're with. Both people are kind of interviewing for each other. I get it. It's just the phrase is just. Just cringy. But Interview this is, for this your is, pussy this is, is not like a, a colorful, flowery phrase. This to you. is part of this is part of the reason why I've more recently I'm not doing hookups as much because uh. I realized that I just I kind of need to have a stronger connection with someone to be interested in having sex with some, mm. even if I am attracted to them. So that's kind of a shift that happened in my head over the past year. Okay. Would did anything cause that shift in particular? Um I think it's probably a mix of a lot of other stuff that I'm dealing with in my life, you know, as that I'm focusing on more so than sex, you know, dealing with mental health issues and just feeling like I um maybe my sex drive hasn't been as high so it's sort of like to be motivated to want to have sex with someone there has to be some other yeah. element of intrigue to it and also i think there if it's just a hookup there and i'm not as my sex drive isn't as high there's a greater likelihood that i'm going to feel so, some way like icky about it whether it's just you know feeling objectified it in a way that i am not in that moment enjoying mm. or it's tough to describe because obvi- obviously if it's what you want at that time like being objectified feels great but when you're not totally invested in it it feels very um like dis disorienting or you feel mm. like a little bit disassociated from the event if that makes sense did you feel that way when we got together no, I don't. I don't All think right. so. Um, but it's, it's something that's happened a couple of times, and that's why I'm like, 
For, oh wait, if to. you as a woman dating on the internet yeah. felt objectified, that's so strange. Well, no, I, I wonder if anyone can relate. Can you guys email in? No, if, like I don't know. It's, <laughs> no, it's weird to say that, and I don't mean to sound too obvious, but I guess the, the reason why it was something that I had to kind of acknowledge in myself and mm. didn't realize immediately is because, you know, I've never been someone. I hate it when people say to like delay sex because if you have sex early on, then that guy will only Over, see you yeah. value you for sex and like you should value your personality enough that people don't see it as they're just looking for sex but also like because it's weird i feel like i won the lottery because i've never been sexually assaulted which is a weird thing to say so i'm like oh i shouldn't have any issue with this but the bottom line is still like existing as a woman in the world is still yeah. dif a different experience than being a man and sometimes you can go through the through those experiences and feel like you're not fully there or not fully with it. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely felt that when I'm in bed with someone, I don't want to be in bed with, which is like, I forget if I've already forgotten if this is on, we, I said this on mic or off yet, but just the idea of like, I've the, that icky feeling you described. I've, I've been trying to make sure I only fuck people that I actually want to fuck, which is a weird thought, but it's cause then I want to feel good good about that decision i want to be like i just never i don't want to wake up the next morning and be like oh, i can't believe i fucked that person and likewise i don't want someone to sleep with me and wake up the next morning and be like oh my god i can't believe i fucked that guy like you know i i, I like I, i'm trying to make my sexual choices more purposeful I yeah know that much um yeah and i guess i'm realizing maybe some of it is i'm pickier than i thought i was because it's uh -huh. like there'll be if it's someone i could like a lot of things about them but if something is off then maybe the next day I'm going to feel not great about it. So it's, yeah, I just have to be like 100% hmm. in for, for me to go for it. Uh, what did you, so how did you feel after our night together? Um, did you feel that icky feeling? No, not like, not like an icky feeling. Like you said, I, I was, I was just kind of like, like I had fun hmm. and I was, um, I was, confident that if we hooked up more times that we could have different types of experiences together yeah. and it would be fun because i i do also often find that when i'm hooking up with someone um usually it gets better as it goes on that we get more comfortable this with is each a other's very bodies. nice way of saying billy it wasn't that good <laughs> well no i told you you could just say it well, no, that's because of I've been prepping for weeks. Just like, I'm gonna walk in there, and she's gonna be like, "Billy, wasn't that great?" And I'm, I was like mentally preparing to hear that. But this is also like why you were telling me, "Let's not do it right now." Because that is why I told you. you about no, no, it. I, 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 I knew that if we hooked up again, that it would last longer. For the <laughs> <laughs> you can't let that dangle. I feel like that needs uh, to be addressed. Address or contextualize or context. We we were in bed. We were like fooling around for like I want to say like a couple hours. I, like, it was not that long, but yeah, for for <laughs> long enough that it that it would. Be I like, was very yeah. pent up, and then you wanted to switch from like what we were doing to to v, PIV, and I was like, oh, I don't think it's good. I already know this is gonna like explode. Uh, I was like, as soon as I enter you, I will probably come. <laughs> and then like you kept you would you brought it up a few times, and eventually I was like, look, it's just not gonna last long. And you said. <laughs> this is a line that sold me and you're like i'm not gonna keep time that's that's funny that you remember that no it really <laughs> that <but> line. <laughs> again it really was not because of that it was more just again it, it was like 
all of the emotions that at that time were going in for me with sure. hooking up with a new person it just like wasn't worth it with me right then to be like hooking up with multiple people outside sure. of my relationship um because i feel like again i think we would have had more fun in subsequent times but it was like i was already seeing one other person and that seemed like enough particularly when my ex like agreed to open the relationship because he knew i wanted it but didn't really seem all in and wasn't going on any other any dates himself mm. so that made me like want to slow things down and want to it's just like it doesn't feel like you're doing polyamory right if you go on a date mm. and then you feel like kind of guilty afterwards you know for so. sure yeah that's that's a that's a weird one that comes up the whole like oh my part how do i get my partner to start seeing people the, like poly under duress yeah and he did he poly like under duress, yeah. i think he like made a t tinder account but i'm aware that you know for for guys in general unless you're like a six foot four male model or whatever tinder is it's just a lot more effort to like find find and go on a date with someone you find attractive so it was like when he's already on the fence about wanting to do it yeah. he was like i i'm just not really i just don't really want to put the effort into this right now which you know i understand i couldn't like force him to go on dates you know sure what, at what point did that start to cause like some serious strife um i think at least in my head so i i kept it it was the kind of situation where like i would tell him when i was going on a date with someone but i didn't like tell him details about it because he didn't he didn't ask you know i just kind of assumed he didn't want to know more but it was also like he would travel for work so it would be more so i would go on a date when he was um traveling so it was not like he was at home waiting for me to come mm -hmm. home or whatever um but it was a funny situation where i st started hooking up with someone from tinder who i found very attractive but partly i specifically chose him because i was like he's attractive but i don't think we're gonna have anything in common so i'm not gonna develop feelings for him and then after like i don't know five or six dates with him i was like weirdly i kind of have a little bit of feelings which i guess is just <laughs> the effect of oxytocin and then you're like this is now i'm like outside this relationship you're into a guy you didn't want to be into exactly so it's it's worse you don't like don't try to i guess that's advice to myself and other people don't like hook up with someone on the basis that their personality and their values are so different than yours that you'll never catch feelings because then you'll you will catch feelings what we're then... saying is you might catch you might fall in love with that trump supporter so don't even entertain the notion and don't even start right <laughs> and did i tell you this guy i don't I mean, I don't know if he voted. I don't think he voted for Trump, but this is what happened. So he worked in finance and that was part of seeing this, this is the Tinder guy. right? Yeah. Okay, seeing okay. that on Tinder, that was part of what I was like, OK, I'm we're not going to have much in common. Right. Um, but when we did start talking about politics, because as you know, I am someone even when I'm just hooking up with someone. I talked to them like three hours beforehand. I, I love that. That's how <laughs> hook, that's how I like hookups to be. That's yeah. why it was so fun. Um. And so he was someone who was like, you know, didn't like labels in politics and was like socially more liberal, but like fiscally more conservative, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, 
who did you vote for in the last election? But this is at a point where we had already, I think this was our third date. We'd already hooked up twice and we're like in bed. And I think he knew that if he said he voted for Trump, he was getting kicked out. So Uh, would you have kicked him out? I, I definitely would not have gone another date with him. I'm Mm. not sure if I would have actually like made him leave right that moment, but I definitely wouldn't have hooked up with him again. (laughs) Um, and so he told me, which is probably the truth, but I don't know. He told me that he didn't vote because he couldn't bring himself to vote for either candidate, which to me is like almost as bad. It's like if you think Hillary is as bad as Trump, then like mm. that's almost as bad as just voting for Trump. But like, I guess it's not quite that as means bad. like you can't you, you, you can't see what the big problem is. Right. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, you don't you can't see like a drastic difference between hillary and trump i don't know <laughs> i mean look they they were both all sorts of sucked but not nearly the not same, the same magnitude yeah not even fucking close yeah um okay so he he kind of does, does the off answer yeah but i, I guess it, it was a weird situation where as someone who i had talked to him for many hours at, at that point he definitely was and is like a emotionally intelligent and kind and empathetic person and so it's it's a little bit hard i definitely don't think he's someone who is in his personal life in Mm. any way like you know racist or sexist or whatever but it's just like the policies that you're supporting i'm against so it's and it's just like i knew that if we actually had a relationship you know when we're just hooking up and you know he's also very religious i can be like that's cool that you're super catholic Mm. but um if we were to actually date it would become a problem you know yeah wait wait um we're back to the night um to like our our one very special evening together uh So the the sex itself was like very short lived, and this is the thing I'm always curious about uh, with with vagina havers is would you? I mean, not it's kind of a false binary, but would you prefer like a slow fucking that lasts longer or a harder and faster one that is going to last shorter? Huh. So for so for you now, I'm curious. For you, is there a direct correlation? It's like the faster it goes, Some- the less time. Sometimes if I can get myself established in a rhythm, then I can speed up and actually just be okay at like a faster speed. So sometimes I need to like go slower in the beginning so I can just get accustomed to the new environment my dick is in. Stamina is just a thing I'm always very curious about. Yeah. Um also cuz the thing I can't really predict in myself. And is it a big difference for you if you are using a condom or not in terms of how long it lasts? Oh. I don't know, but if like if I was pressured for an answer, I would say that I actually probably last longer without a condom. Interesting. Like the last few people I've been fluid bonded with, like I, I like to think my stamina is pretty good, you know, raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes you're holding out longer than you need, but um, <laughs> like I've heard of people who like to use condoms as a measure to prolong it. They right. go like he comes too quick, so we use condoms really just so that he can last longer. Interesting. This it's different, but for some reason it reminds me of a a funny conversation I had with someone I was dating recently who um really cool person. He doesn't 
drink at all or do any drugs. Straight edge? Not not in that community, but he doesn't... <laughs> yeah. not subscribe to that subreddit. He would not <laughs> identify as straight edge, but I, you know, sure. But if it's, it's interesting to me because I don't drink much at all. So the not drinking was almost a plus, but it's interesting that he was someone who is not not sober because he used to be an addict, but just because he never had an interest, which was so, sort of hard to understand for me. Like, how have you never had the curiosity to, like, modify your consciousness in any way at all? Um, oh, my God. That's such a Burning Man way to say it. <laughs> Mom, I'm not taking drugs. I'm modifying my consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so maybe I've been hanging out too much with that crowd, even though I haven't actually gone to Burning Man. Um <laughs> But I was talking to him about weed and I was kind of like, you know, I'm not going to convince you to smoke weed because I'm sure many people before me have tried to. And if you were like subject to that kind of peer pressure, it would have happened already. But I was like, you know, sex when you're high is like really, really great. And he was like, well... He was like, well, sex is already great. And like, what is now that? Now imagine it better. Like, but, it's but, like <laughs> Yeah, that's what I tried to say. But then he was like, does that just mean that I'm going to come faster? And I was like, I don't think Honestly, so. Honestly, I think I can like, I know I'm going to compound if then statements right now. But like, if I'm stoned and if I am like able to function, function. And that's, that's not necessarily just like erection. That's like me having the energy to fuck. Um, if I'm stoned and I'm like able to function, I think I last like a pretty good chunk of time. Cause like it's not, I feel like it's a different sensation. Like it's not a sensitivity. Like almost, it's almost like sensitivity has been removed and replaced with like this amazing feeling. Like I, mean, I definitely don't come quicker on weed. Yeah. I think it makes you sort of more in the moment. So I notice like, I'm more willing to take things slowly and not be so goal oriented like mm. we do this this and this but actually just experiencing every part of it which is what you want to have happen. Yeah, no, drugs and erections and fucking. They, they I can't, I can't believe I had sex not smoking weed for so long. <laughs> that's I was like that's what this whole thing has been about. I would have started smoking weed a long time ago if I known it was going to make sex this awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I think especially for me as someone who has sometimes has a hard time being in the moment and sometimes is not as sensitive or has a hard time getting to climax that weed can really help. I mean, it still has to be like in a situation where I'm comfortable, yeah. but it's it help. helping you get out of your head for sure. Yeah. It's um, it helps me get out of my head it, and just, I like, I do feel at least sometimes stronger sensations from it so yeah. yeah how do you feel when someone comes like way sooner than you were hoping so <laughs> i have a funny story about that um it's most of the time i'm totally fine with it especially it i feel like it happens more often on a first date and sometimes it just happens i mean well i'm just not i'm not gonna hold it against the person it's like if we hang out longer if they sleep over we can try it again in the morning like it's i'm I'm definitely not going to hold it against them. The only time that I did hold it against someone mm. was it was weird because both dates that we had, he had something planned like immediately after the date. And I was like, you're suggesting the times on this. Why are you doing this? Yeah. The first one was uh, like he had an early morning hike. And then the, the next time, you know, I hadn't seen him for a little while. But, you know, I thought he was cute. We had a good conversation we met up and got drinks again, like a time that he suggested. And 
he had like his friend's midnight surprise birthday party that he had to go to oh, but i wasn't invited along give me a break and i was like what the fuck like why are you because he was like interested in me but not thinking about the- like he wasn't doing it to try to get out of the date but i was like like why did you pick this time like if you're gonna have a party afterwards make it one that i can come along to yeah um so it was probably my fault for putting up with this but he was like do you want to do you want to um stop by my apartment beforehand and i was like sure whatever we still had some time and we hooked up and he he came so quickly it was just like it was like a few pumps i don't know and did not do much to try to like get me into it before that and then he would i asked him it was just one of those things where he had no shame about it (laughs) i asked him like did did you do that just because it happened or because you were trying to get to this birthday party on time and did he say the quiet part out loud huh did, I'm, I'm i have such anxiety that he said the quiet part out loud what no i asked this question no i know and i feel like in response he's gonna give you the answer that he could have just said in his head oh no he said a little bit of both <laughs> uh, and but then then just he was lie like, just lie at that point dude like what are you doing ju- he was like <laughs> he was one of those things he was like a a a hot nerd which i like but it was one of those things where it reminded me almost of that line from the social network where it's like you're gonna go through life thinking that girls don't like you because you're a nerd but they don't like you because you're an asshole like he Uh sort of lacked certain social graces and i was like come on dude like you're way too self-centered because then he was he just went in to take a shower and said to me like i might not see you when i get out of the shower so like one more kiss and i was like i didn't say i was going did you just like subtly kick me out i was like you could have then he took like a long shower. I was like, you could have taken a quicker shower than this. Well, he used the shower as a method of like waiting for you to leave. I mean, it's just, it was so like, and this was someone who he was in an open relationship uh-huh. because his, his girlfriend had moved to Tucson and they were doing the long distance. Um, but it was like, he reached out to me months later and I didn't want to, meet him again but i actually told him why because i felt like he needed to know you know i felt like he didn't know it's like when you're if you and this is an i'll do especially if like i you know whether it's i came shorter than i want to or despite all the things that we did that you know my partner hadn't hasn't climaxed yet and i have like look dudes like slip out of her and like just immediately get like a finger or two and just continue what your dick was doing yeah. In fact, it will probably be better because remember, like our dicks aren't double jointed, so like you can do more things with your fingers. Um, that's what I'll do. I'll just like be like, okay, if I'm done, well, now let's do a lot of this until the person taps out or comes or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, and that that will definitely also, leaves a person with a different response than if you're just like, oh, I'm yeah. done. Well, at like a mi- at a minimum, it'll just show even if it's not something she needs or wants in that moment. It's like it'll show that you'd be willing to. Like, uh, I, I slept with someone new the other night and like when I had came, um, I just went ahead and like, like got a couple fingers in her and she was like, she almost tried to stop me and be like, wait, don't you need a few minutes? Uh, and then she realized what I was doing. I was, and she was like, oh yeah, no, please keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like show a little effort, fellas, show a little effort. Um, 
Again, I went that whole night just being like, I want to do over because, like, I know I can last longer than two pumps. Uh, <laughs> and, it it yeah. wasn't that bad, to be fair. You lasted longer than that guy I just described. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just left being like, now my ego kind of wants a, a second go, just to, to show, so there's no word out on the street. <laughs> I don't know. When did the relationship end, and what was the, I guess, the final breaking point? Um, Real easy segue. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, like I said, I I moved out August 1st. It was just, it was one of those things, honestly, where it was just intuition that I knew, I knew that I was not, for whatever reason, I was not excited about the future with him anymore. Mm. And therefore I had to leave because if I didn't, if there was something concrete that I felt like he could do that would solve all of that then we could work on it together but because there wasn't anything concrete like that but it was just a feeling and like a feeling like i love him but i'm not in love anymore and like again i used to want to get married want to marry him but now when i think about marrying him i don't feel excited anymore and so it's just like that hard thing where you have to listen to your intuition and leave um even though it's hard to do that after five years. Um, you know, it's like at least we are not married and, and yeah. don't have kids together. Um, so yeah, that was it wasn't really a breaking point per se, besides that that like persistent feeling of I need to do this just wouldn't go away. Mm. That was rough. I had that with Paige. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember. Yeah, like, I remember you talking about her. Yeah, that like towards the end of that relationship, I just like I was sensing more and more like I don't think she's happy in this poly thing. I don't think I was like I don't think she's happy. In it. I don't like so many like subtle things said that were like red flags where I'm like, I mean, mine wasn't like a. I was still in love with her. It was just, but it was that aching feeling always kind of lurking around. Like this maybe needs this relationship maybe needs to end, and then just like finally getting the the gall to do it. She just beat me to it by three hours, but <laughs> wild. Uh, and so you've been dating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you seem to have uh, alluded to before we got on mic that it's been a long year of dates. Oh. There have been many dates. And I thought, like, think of all the like all those bad dates you've been on or all the dates where, like, nothing came of it. Think of all the fucking time that is lost. To yeah, those, you know what I mean? but I, I honestly don't see it that way because I think we discussed this before off mic too. But when when I have that experience that I know you have had as well, where you finally meet up with someone and you kind of know instantly, oh, you're just not as attracted to them as you thought you would be. It happens. Yeah. I'm still like, you know, I enjoy talking to someone and learning about their life for an hour or two hours or whatever it is. It, like, I'm still curious about people so it is it is disappointing when like it's just uncomfortable if it keeps happening because then i'm like i need to judge better whether i'm going to be into someone in person because i don't want to keep going through this situation where like i'm letting someone down and oftentimes it's mutual like whether the other person is attracted to you or not they can tell that there wasn't chemistry so they're not going to follow up um but yeah there there were bad dates there were also ones that were like somewhat promising but then it just didn't as i got to know them better it didn't pan out so i will say like it didn't feel like a hard and like arduous slog to me especially at the beginning because i've always been someone who 
enjoys dating. Like I just find it interesting. And so, and the bad dates are always good stories. Mm -hmm. So especially after five years of not really dating, it was fun and exciting to go out on dates, whatever happened. Um, And then, you know, more recently it got to a point where, okay, I'm not really enjoying like going on bad dates anymore. But Mm. especially at the beginning, like I had fun. Like I said, this was my first time using Tinder. So I was like swiping on people. This is like some crazy game I've never experienced before. You know, and sometimes you get the come when you win. It's yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's a gr- it was a great distraction right after a breakup when you're yeah. really like, you know, sort of heartbroken and, and in a dark place. And then there's this thing that can, you know, you can just meet new people and, and have fun and just not think about it for like a few hours, you know? Yeah. And then where are you at now? You got a you got a fellow person? Yeah. Um, so it's someone and I've only I guess it's only been like a month and a half, but it was sort of just at the point where I was about to give up on Tinder and went on a date with someone from Tinder um and had low expectations because I've learned to, you know, not expect too much in case we just don't click. Um and I was really into him immediately and it's one of those things where you meet someone and it's just kind of like risk of sending cheesy. It just feels like, oh yeah, like of course we met each other because like just I understand him, he understands me and almost like if felt it feels immediately like i've known him for longer so um that instant chemistry yeah that instant chemistry and an instant connection so i mean it's it's still very early but i deleted my tinder profile afterwards because i was like mm. now you know i i think earlier this year there were a couple of people that i dated a little bit more long term but we didn't First of all, I wasn't ready for another relationship mm-hmm. yet. And second of all, there were both situations where a lot of things were really great, but but there was one thing that was just a little bit off. And so I knew I didn't want it to get serious with either of them. Mm-hmm. And now it's like at the point where, okay, it's it's been a year, like maybe I'm ready to actually try a real mm-hmm. relationship again, you know? Yeah. Deleting your Tinder. Haven't you forgotten your poly mandate? You <laughs> must fuck everybody. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> you must have 17 partners. How dare you not? Yeah. Um, th- th- that, that initial spark, that n- initial chemistry. I mean, did you uh, did you feel like you had that with your ex in the beginning? I th- These are all like such hard questions to answer. I, well, I mean, I, I hard, think- hard because they're not answers that are like happy and flowery or hard because you actually don't know the answer. I don't know. I think that I did like there was definitely that feeling of of like an instant feeling of the first date I went on with him I felt like oh this this is someone who I can see myself like sharing a life with and in a sense that was true like we shared a life for a long time but that sounds like such a factual no, left no, no, no. brain kind no, of... No, it's, it's not at all, though. It's okay. it's totally an intuitive thing where it's not... It wasn't based on like, oh, he has a job and whatever, he's responsible. I mean, most of the people I went on dates with were like that. Yeah, it, it was more of just an, an attract... A combination of attraction and like a comfort around him. But it was... It was instant and it definitely wasn't 
like based on reason. Um, now, whether that's the same as with this current person, I don't think it's exactly the same. Uh, but these are hard questions for me to answer. I mean, I've been on dates with people where I was like, I like this person. Like, it, it's the attraction is I like this person and I recognize a lot of positives and such. But then I go on dates where I, you know, I've connected with people where from that first hour i am like melted and i'm just like yeah i'm here i'm in i don't know if one is more valuable or better than the other uh yeah and i guess i will say in that situation i think i had a little bit more of that experience with this this recent person where Mm -hmm. i think with with my ex we didn't we we didn't get that deep on like the first date um whereas yeah, with this new person. And part of that is maybe his personality of being willing to share a lot about himself and his life really early on mm. that contributes to that feeling of like, oh, I already feel like I have this intimate connection with you, even though we've only known each other for a few hours, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if one of those like becomes more about because like every time I... Sometimes I second guess myself of like, oh, am I falling in love with this person? Do I love this person? Will I love this person? And I think about like the last person basically I was in love with. And I was like, oh, how did it go down that time? As if they're going to be like the same process. Because I've definitely fallen in love with people over time. I think Paige was like that, where I was like, oh, I'm infatuated with this cute person and then I'm going to fall in love. But then I've like met people where I'm like instantly, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to fall in love with you tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I had that kind of like instant infatuation with someone that I met this past year, mm. but that was actually, it was something we, it was from Tinder, but it was like, I didn't realize at the time that if you travel someplace and then open your Tinder again, that it'll show matches from that other place. Oh gosh, did you match with someone who's like far, far away? Not super far, just far enough. He's <laughs> just far enough. He was just far enough for it not to work as a real relationship. But he's well, in like DC. In DC, yeah. So and because uh, Boston, you can make Boston, you can make Philly work. Uh, DC, right? It's just the difference between like three hours and like six hours on a bus. <laughs> how, but like, how how fleeting is that love really going to be? If you're like, um, this this love has a four hour limit. Uh, like it has a is a four hour driving well, radius. And I, it, I mean, the unfortunate thing was like I got I was infatuated where I might have been willing to continually make that six hour bus trip but i wasn't sure if he was um but yeah it was like i i felt that instant infatuation but it was also like i mean we had a lot in common and i think he also fit fit into which is something i've been thinking about a lot lately he fit in a lot to sort of the adolescent idea i had as a kid of what like my future love would look like and be like um, that you kind of romanticize when you haven't really been in a relationship. And then when you meet someone later in life that is sort of like hitting all those marks for the teenage part of yourself that's uh, still inside of you. And you're like, oh shit, like I'm going to fall for them yeah. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> um, so yeah. So that was, it was like, you know, he was like, tall dark hair handsome half french so we spoke french which is always like a big thing for me because i hadn't i was like almost fluent in french at one point and i was like oh this whole part of my brain that had been dormant is now lighting up again and you know r- a really empathetic 
person who also dealt with mental health issues and understood me on that level. Um, but ultimately someone who is confusing because, I mean, I, I knew it couldn't really work because we lived in different cities, but he was also poly, but I think he was someone, he's someone who... His name Michael. <laughs> no. Just, just in case it's the same poly guy in DC who sounds like what you're describing. I was just checking. That's funny that there's more than one. Uh, maybe <laughs> it makes me wonder if uh, if there's some girl in DC who's like dating both of them. <laughs> but... <laughs> But no, so he was also someone who's very lavish in his affection and kind of showered me with compliments. So it would make me feel like he felt as strongly towards me as I did towards him. But I also knew that he's someone who just kind of falls in love more frequently and more easily than I do. Mm. So even though it seemed like we're on the same level of intensity, I'm actually more invested than Did you think that you were getting him because he was falling in love more regularly? You got more diluted version of his love it's tough to say i mean i i don't like i do think that his feelings are genuine i don't mean to imply that they weren't but i just don't think that i was as high of a priority in his life as he was in mine um okay so so that happens but that was someone who where was i going with this oh there was that instant feeling of infatuation but also knowing knowing intellectually that probably if even if we did live in the same city and we actually could have a real relationship that it would probably be like a high conflict like relationship that didn't ultimately work out you know and so that's the difference between like feeling passion when you know it's not going to work out and it's easy to romanticize because you never actually get to the point where things become normal Mm. and then not as passionate, but just this feeling of intimacy. And I think the good thing is I feel like with this new person, I have some of both, uh, which is what you really need for it to ultimately succeed. All right. So we'll see. Fingers crossed for you. Yeah, early on. Um, I did, uh, I was wondering, because so like, because we met through like the podcast, wait, how did you find the show again? Do you remember? I think, I'm pretty sure I was just, googling like more like finding a list of more sex positive podcasts because right. i listened to savage Lovecast, of course what's up dan how you doing and uh and guys we fucked and i think that was this was like the third one gotcha. that i discovered i at one point listened i listened to like a few episodes of that multi-amory podcast but i never like for whatever reason i never got into that one but i got into your podcast and listened to all the episodes and it was something i will say that it sort of got me through a time where i was feeling like a lot of shame about not being cut out for monogamy and it, it made me feel like okay i have this tribe of people who feel the same way and are like doing okay even though i know you had your days when you were like I don't know if this is going to work for me. Maybe I just need to like be monogamous or something. I said that? You probably, you didn't actually say that, but you. Oh, okay. You, <laughs> that sounds like a very different person. No, you. <laughs> was So now the, the part of the reason why I reached out to you uh, to, to do this today is you, I messaged you one day being like, hey, everything all good? Everything cool? And you, uh, you, you delete your Patreon pledge, which is like not a big deal. Like it's fine. Also, hey, everyone listening, I just need you for one month at two dollars, and then you can cancel. I won't bug you. You're good. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, everybody, two dollars one time, cool. <laughs> uh, 
so I was like, hey, everything okay? Because we hadn't talked in a bit. So it wasn't like you're some random person. It was like you're someone I had slept with. And it was like that. I can message on Facebook again. And you were like, yeah, I just, I've just kind of stopped listening to the podcast. I'm like, all right, cool. That's fair. That's fine. People lose. And then like doing market research, I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, like, hey, when did you stop listening? And you were like, and by the way, this is again, like a year and a half after we'd hooked up. You were like, yeah, like probably shortly after we hooked up, which by the way, kudos on you for staying on Patreon for a year and a half for a show you weren't listening to anymore. Because <laughs> I didn't want to seem, I didn't want to seem like, oh, I, I fucked you and now I'm going to like stop. I mean, it's also one of those things where it's like I support a handful of podcasts and it, it is like when I think about how much I spend on like a latte, I am one of those people that likes my $5 lattes and like, it's not a big deal. Right. Um, but it was at a certain point I was like, I think I was having one of those days where where I was trying to see all the stuff that I had subscribed to that I had forgotten I subscribed to, just Uh all those little payments. And I was like, I haven't listened to this podcast in like a year. Did you get like a new credit card? You were like, oh, we got to go replace all these numbers. We might as well cancel a few of these. No, it wasn't that, but yeah. Um, But so why after hooking up with me, just just so you can kind of, maybe this is like you can warn listeners who are like, if you like the show... Maybe don't fuck Billy. Here's why. Um, what made you stop listening afterwards? Huh. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Because you're not the first person to tell me this. It was probably a combination of, I mean, it's like I started off, you know, I started off listening to get a sense of, I mean, it's entertaining and I'm getting a sense of like how different people live their sexual lives and in relation to polyamory and I don't know. I I think probably towards the end of me listening, there was some element of like, you know, am I going to hook up with Billy or whatever? And yeah, maybe it, it's it's really hard to put a you finger on. You can speak on. freely. Yeah, no, yeah. I can't I can't tell if some of it was like the persona was broken or it's just it's like it felt like it would be weird to to keep listen to like continue to know every aspect of your dating life because there's almost something with podcasts that you listen to which i know happens to everyone where you feel like you know someone so well but you do you kind of do if you've listened to 200 plus episodes of my show like you know me better than my family like so i don't you think know- i've listened to quite that many but, but this maybe idea, quite, yeah. like i mean your episode 289 like the fact so like if anyone's listened to half of those episodes, i mean i know a lot but it's also yeah. filtered around certain aspects of your life mm-hmm. i certainly know more about your sex and love life than your family but i there's still certain sides of billy that i don't really know like i think i like i don't really know what your stand-up is like, for example, I don't know. Mediocre. Like, <laughs> I'll just let you know. <laughs> so there's still a lot of aspects. I don't know what a lot of your friends are like. So there's a lot of parts of your life that I don't know about. Am you I know? supposed to have friends that I don't have sex with? Uh, <laughs> am I messing up the friendship thing? Okay, I think I am. <laughs> no, I'm no, sorry. that's uh, that's another thing. It's like I think another thing I've realized over this past year, which sounds obvious, but it takes time to internalize, is like I've been trying to put a lot more effort into my friendships because. Those are the things that sustain you when relationships are not working, which is most of the time. And and part of the problem I had in my last relationship that I think a lot of people have is just expecting too much out of one person and expecting that one person to meet all your needs. And when you put too much pressure on it, it's sort of you break it. Um, so now I, I'm, I am trying to like 
put more effort into my friendships and it's not as immediately rewarding as going on a date with someone but it's mm. more like fulfilling in the long term um but yeah so i it's hard for me to put a finger on why i stopped listening <laughs> it's like because when you were like uh you know i don't want to bang you again i was like fair <laughs> uh, but i was like oh the podcast why not uh so yeah no it's interesting i'm trying to because i'm also trying to figure out what my stance is on the whole um meeting up with people from the internet from the show but i don't know would you advise so would you advise someone who listens to the show who has thought about sleeping with me would you advise them to do it or not to do it <laughs> i mean i i think i would just say yeah just like if you're interested go go on a date with gather the like, information <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> um would you ever sleep with me again um probably not i'm i'm like again trying to like i'm not saying it's 100 percent out of the question but probably not so what you're saying is <laughs> there's a chance no. <laughs> well uh Lindsay, thanks for like chatting with me um do you have any questions uh it's like it's funny now i'm tempted to ask ask you about what your life is like now but i guess i should just listen to the more I mean, I, recent episodes of the podcast i could use the downloads but if you have a specific question i'd be happy to answer <laughs> let's see uh um you do have a podcast where you know it interacts with your personal life back and forth a lot and so like how are you how are you feeling about that I've uh, I've been very attached to my show concept. Uh, even if people want to be like, "You stole from guys we fucked," I'll be like, "I didn't even know this show existed until I came up with the idea." It's fine. Um, I have tried to give the people what they want because, like, the when I ask people, well, "What's your favorite type of guest?" Like, overwhelmingly, the answer is usually like, "We love it when you have your exes on." Oh, wow. Um, those are still the most popular type of guest, I would say. If I said, yeah. like, oh, do you like the sex workers, the porn stars, the comedians? They're like, the exes are their favorite. Okay. Mm. Um, I am, I have narrowed down, like, the list of everybody who I have, like, I guess we'll say that I've hooked up with before 2019 or 2018. <clears throat> I have taken that and uh, truncated it to who I think would be good conversations uh, who I would still want to have on the show. Some of the some of the people on the list are people who have like definitively said no, thank you. Some of them are people who have still never responded, uh, which I take as an invitation to ask about once a year. And then some of them are people I have not approached yet. People like you, mm -hmm. and I am. I've then otherwise taken off the list all the hookups that there there's not much meat on the bone so if the, if i'm gonna have exes on the show now uh, i used to commit myself to like i'm gonna have at one or two every month and now i like to have on one every month uh but some of it has to do with availability or where people are geographically and getting them to agree <laughs> so i would say there's about 50 women i still would like to have on the show that um have not been on that i still would really like to have on and then there's just a bunch where I'm like, there's nothing to talk here. Like there was, it was, um, the, the interaction itself was not much or they themselves don't have a lot going on there. So when you're, when you're hooking up with someone, do you, is there a part of you that's thinking about like, no. would this person be no. good to, no. Okay. No, I'm literally never thinking about the podcast when I'm hooking up with someone. <laughs> uh, I think if I 
if I get to that point, then I think that's a problem. That's when that's, you're like, I need to stop or whatever. <laughs> I think that would be a point. I definitely need to step back and take a look at like my motivation beyond interactions and like, who am I hooking up with and why am I, have I been hooking up with these people and do I actually want to? Um, but I've never hooked up with people for trying to get them on the show or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely trying to be more purposeful and make sure that when I do have on the next person that it's like someone there's something there. Um, because I think, especially in the earlier days of the podcast, like in those first hundred episodes, there's some girls on the show that like just did not need to be there. Like there wasn't really anything for us to discuss from our interaction. They don't have a particularly interesting or story to discuss. Right. Cause some people like they could be just interesting. Yeah, as if a we person, just made but... out one time, but yeah. like, I know that you also like do financial domination. Like, cool. We got shit that like I had on river, uh, who's an escort, I think. She was on last year uh, or maybe earlier this year. It's all the same to me now. I had her on the show. And yes, we only hooked up that one time at her place. But even if there's not much there, we have this entire thing of like you are you are raised Orthodox Jewish and are now an escort. Oh, because I don't do the show. And something I do not plan on having the show become is just talking to people with interesting sex lives. Like that's not interesting to me. So I don't want to just like... Because sometimes you talk to people, be like, oh, I do a sex and day in podcast. They're like, oh, you should have me on your podcast, dude. Yo, let me tell you, I got some stories, bro. You should have me on. <laughs> but it's like, there are shows that do that. Not my thing. Um, so either I want there to be some significance between us or something I know I can kind of g- dip into with them. Um, so yeah, so that's where I see the future. Sure and going. last question. How do you feel about the concept of hustling since you have it on your shirt right now oh yeah i'm wearing a uh, hustle and it's just hustle 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 new york city shirt uh i mean doing the show is a hustle so like i'm just hustling hard i'm very tired trying to get people to give me two dollars one time on patreon or two dollars one time on venmo or cash app yeah i'm very easy to find on there guys um (laughs) like i don't care how you give me money i just want to know everyone who's listened to to more than 10 episodes of this show and have has enjoyed it should throw me a couple dollars somewhere one time and that can be a frustrating hustle because like i'm normally just very grateful that i get to do this full time but sometimes i have to sleep in my car in ithaca because i can't afford an airbnb um that month and i really only can't afford it because thousands of people won't give me a dollar right it's like when you know that the podcast is popular and yeah it's it, it's helpful i mean to- yeah it, it normally doesn't irk me as much as as when like i'm in Ithaca two weeks ago for a comedy festival and I chose to sleep in my car instead of spending money on a hotel because it was Apple Fest and all the hotels were triple priced uh, and I didn't want to spend money on Airbnb because it was like, well, I could just sleep in my car um, and I could use every dollar that I have. So there's that. But I'm excited for where the show's going. I got some cool like episode um, ideas, concepts. And then hopefully that list of 50 women, like hopefully a good chunk of them will say yes. And I'll keep getting to deliver my exes to you. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to get to the point where I wonder if I should have a list for myself. Like it always seems, I mean, if you don't have a podcast like you do, like why would you have a list? But it's just got to the point where in my head I was trying to count like how many and it was mind you, these are people I've made out with. This isn't just fucking people. Yeah. So it was it was less than I thought it was gonna be overall, but that's because like so much of it 
has been in the past year <laughs> that I was like, maybe I should start writing this down. I don't know. Um, Look, for sexual health purposes, it's always a nice idea to just like have some names. Uh, yeah. um, just in case something happens, you know who you need to go back and call. Uh, like, and mine's so detailed because it shows like how far I went with different people. I go like, cool. I know if I got, if I ended up with oral gonorrhea, then like I can go back and I know which people like I put my mouth on those pussies. That reminds me, have you seen this? There's this British TV show on Netflix called Lovesick. I have seen the whole thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's very, yeah, I think it's very fun. Great show. Yes. Uh, do you know what the original title for that show was? No. It's a terrible title, but uh, Scrotal Recall. Oh, right. <laughs> After the second someone, season, someone they didn't want to let go of that. Yeah. <laughs> that pun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, thanks again for doing the show. Um, you know, nice to hear that there's a 3% chance you might fuck me one day again. Uh, <laughs> but I hope things work well with this fella. And I, uh, would you stay, would you be non-monogamous with them or you don't know? Um, I think a little bit, but that's like a conversation we'll have when sure. it gets more, more serious. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. And uh, why don't you say goodbye to everybody? All right. Goodbye, everyone. So what do you think? Should I should I still have sex with fans who want to have sex with me? Or should I just turn down all those fine, lovely offers like I do when the when the dudes are offering? I don't know. What you, feel free to send me your thoughts. I want to know. Shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, let me know. Or hey, uh, maybe you got tips for that uh, that dick puker, the puker dick person. <laughs> Oh, that was wild. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, just search Billy Persida, P-R-O-C-I-D-A. I pop right on up. If it's the old guy, that's my dad. Don't follow him. Follow me. Uh, or you can join in on the conversation uh, on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. We'll have an episode comment thread going about this week's show. I want to give a thank you to everyone who's left a rating and or review on uh, Apple Podcasts. This newest one just came on uh, from Viva Joy. Uh, this review is long overdue. Funny, relatable, diverse conversations. Thoughtful and overall feel-good listening. Love the range of guests and appreciate the perspective of the host, Billy. Thank you, Billy, for creating a great podcast full of high-quality content. Well, thank you, Viva Joy, for the kind review. And uh, if you want to do something nice for me uh, that involves zero dollars... And it's really quick and easy. Go leave me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, or you can take an extra 30 seconds and write me a review. If you want to do something nice uh, that does involve dollars and get something out of it, become a member of our fan whore community on Patreon. Become a member today for as little as $2. That's $2, people. You don't got two. Look, if I was at a bar and was like, hey, man, you got $2? I'm a little short. You'd give me two bucks, wouldn't you? So go do it right now. Don't wait for us to be in some random hypothetical bar. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Become a member and join the crew. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. I just want to thank all of you for always being on my journey. This Saturday, uh, October 26th, marks 11 years doing comedy. For yours truly. You'd think after 11 years I'd be a lot funnier by now. Go Jets!
and stay slutty. In my younger days, still uh, still played full court basketball into my 50s. Loved the competition, but never had the size or the talent to reach your level, though the desire was there. Okay. Though the athletes of today are certainly superior to those in my day, we missed the clean-cut young men and women from those days. Those were like very white days. I just want to remind them. Watching the Idaho game on TV, we couldn't help but notice your, well, awful hair. Surely there must be mirrors in the locker room. Don't you have parents or a girlfriend who've told you those shoulder-length dreadlocks look disgusting and are certainly not attractive? We congratulate you on your game against Pitt, but you need to remember you represent all Penn Staters. Both current and those alumni from years past, we would welcome the reappearance of dress codes for athletes. You will certainly be playing on Sunday in the future, but we have stopped watching the NFL due to the disgusting tattoos, awful hair, and immature antics in the end zone. Players should act as though they've been there before. This is written by a guy, Dave Peterson, who has literally not been there before because he wasn't good enough. He said so in his letter. A lot of people, I should say, will go like, what? He's not being racist. He's just saying he doesn't like his hair. That's why I've been trying to explain to people. I've been trying to explain to my dad recently, some other folks. It's like, and also, again, I'm just a comedian with a fuck show. So what do I know? But it's like racism. It's not your grandpa's racism anymore. You know, it's not just calling a dude the N-word or telling him we don't hire darkies. Like, that's not what it is as much. From what I'm told, it's it's more subversive. It's subtle. It's subconscious. Even it's it's hiring the mediocre white guy over the way more uh, qualified black guy because the hirer just like perceives the white guy to be more hireable, even though there's literally nothing on paper to suggest otherwise. It's this shit where it's like, what? It's not that he's black. It's just that he's got dreadlocks. So it's like it's more sinister because it's easy to gaslight you and go like, what? We're not being racist when we're clearly being racist. Trump does all the time. But there's a lot of people who I do believe don't realize that bias. That they don't they don't recognize that they might have a subconscious, a a low key bias there. And that's why you'll hear people go, what? I'm not racist or what? I've got black friends. But the thing is like. We, we white people were taught being racist is uh, discriminating or that being racist is like calling someone the N-word. And really anything short of those two things doesn't count. And then you're like, oh, don't worry. You're, that's not racist. So there's this weird disconnect between like what's very clearly racist and some people's genuine, sincere ignorance of what racism in 2019 is. And that was one of the things I want to talk about. That made me want to say that like these are the types of conversations I try to have with my father that I want a lot of y'all to have with your parents. Uh, we are approaching Thanksgiving. It's a month away. And I think it's a very privileged place to be in if you are not having difficult conversations with your family. If you're not talking to them about the Supreme Court cases going on right now that might legalize 
discriminating against trans people for being trans or queer just queer people in general because one of the co-defense i think is just gay and then the other one's a trans woman people don't want to have those conversations because they're upsetting and they're difficult and they're not fun but you gotta have them because they just don't know my dad does not know what a subtle sinister racism looks like He genuinely doesn't know. We can't be mad at someone for not knowing. They don't know. They need to be taught. And they're more likely to hear it from you, person that they, you know, love and cherish and spend holidays with. So go out and have some fucking uncomfortable conversations. Don't be fucking selfish. I know it mean I know things might be strained at home. But if you are a straight person, if you're a white person, if you're a cisgender person, whatever, you gotta you got to have these talks. And it's selfish and privileged not to have them. Hopefully, uh, with your family, it's mostly everyone just being like, yeah, this sucks. Or, oh, what could we do? I don't know. That's what I want to talk about in the intro. The, the fact that Thanksgiving is coming up soon. And sometimes people will legitimately tell me that they don't want to have these conversations at home. They don't want to get in the fights with family at home because they just want to have a nice dinner. I think it's important because your your family's votes matter. I mean, honestly, I don't. I couldn't give a shit if my dad truly figures it out. Um, you know, he's he's finished with the first two thirds of his life going on, right? It, it, it's more like I I need his votes. I need them to value these people's rights more than their taxes. I was just in Indiana. I was in Buttfuck, Indiana, and beforehand, like a listener was there, and she wanted to like say hi. So I came over to the table. I said, hi, she was there with her husband, her husband, very much Republican. He'll very quickly go like, Oh no, no, no. Like fiscally conservative, socially liberal. I'm like, cool. But then I, and I asked him point blank. I was like, what as I, is there an issue that is more important to you than the civil liberties of all Americans? And he said, yes. And I said, what? And he said, his wallet, his taxes, jobs, the alleged promise of jobs. And it's like, that sucks. Because like, even if we get all the job stuff, the economy, healthcare, if we get that all taken care of, if everyone can't enjoy it equally, you know, if queer people can be discriminated against at the emergency room because someone doesn't feel comfortable because that dude kisses dudes, if we don't all get to enjoy these things equally, then what's the fucking point? And it's a thing we could solve tomorrow. There's an equal rights amendment that could be voted on, but we don't. A lot of people just genuinely don't know. I didn't even know that, you know, Gina Rodriguez isn't allowed to say the N-word. I only learned that one last week. There's a lot of things a lot of people of privilege don't know, and they're unknown unknowns. This isn't like we're refusing to learn. It's not a case of refusing to learn as much as just not knowing we don't know something. And we have to come at with compassion because I've needed to have things compassionately explained to me a lot, and I still do. But if someone's going to come at me yelling at me, That's not going to work. Go to Thanksgiving, compassionately explain things to ignorant family members. And then if they still want uh, insist upon sticking their head in the sand, now they're assholes because now they, now they know better. This is all stuff I want to talk about my intro, but uh, you know, there's some of y'all who are like, "Mm, your intros are too long. So now here I am on Instagram live.